these things like spokes on a bicycle wheel. Like, what's the most important spoke? Well, the one you took out. <laughs> the one you loosen and throw away. They're all in there for a reason. Right, right. So um, I started uh, really focusing on one aspect of, of, of um, rejuvenation was to... And I can listen to this while we're recording this because I'm talking about it. I doubt you'll cut this part <laughs> unless you cut it right out. But basically... Uh, yeah, this one is uh, 528 hertz to 741 hertz, music to boost immune system. So uh -huh. here I was really sick and all of that. So whatever else I'm doing with supplements and foods and meditations and reading and, and going to the hospital and getting some of their stuff, I've got one of their meds, um, and all of that, I started to realize that this was working so well that my heart got down to pulsing the same rhythm at the exact same rhythm no way. and all i could think of was like when women menstruate together when they're hanging around yeah. together they get and on they the same up. cycle yes. and it's all that kind of thing yes. <clears throat> only a, a heartbeat instead of you know something else so it was just like holy shit and i only realized that i had done that i wasn't trying to do that <laughs> i wasn't wow. an aim i was just generally putting it it's good for your immune system okay it can't hurt i'll put it on in the background while i focus on other things and right. spend time with other things because i've already understood about frequencies and i wasn't going to keep researching that plus covid was raging and i just thought just leave it on just leave it on all the time i leave it on when i sleep mm -hmm. <laughs> leave it on when i'm not yeah. even here i'll go and reset it so when I leave here to go to the dog park or something to come back, so when I come in, it's on. You know? Right. It's already on. I don't have to do anything. I always play the money manifestation one. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I usually <laughs> play. So you just leave it on. So it's, yeah. it's a part of the uh, soundscape of, of You know what's really awareness. funny that you say that, man? I had a friend that used to do, or it still does. He does cancer research. Yeah. Um, and he's not very fond of the cancer system in general. I'll just uh, cut this now, so boom. Cut that out so you can... Well, you don't have to cut it out, man. I don't want to stop your healing. No, it's okay. I can... You know, this will be easier for you. If you have to If you have to edit around that, that'll probably be messy. So. Ideally, we'd yeah. like to not edit. We'd yeah. like to just keep it like a real conversation. And, okay. You know, but... Okay, so... Um, let's throw it on there. Yeah, man. <laughs> throw it on. I like it. I like... I personally it's like atmosphere. the vibe. It's atmosphere. Yeah. Exactly. Um, That's it. That's it. But one of the things he said, uh, this, this friend of mine, cancer research... Uh, so he just I remember him telling me this stuff because I was always intrigued by it. He used to tell me like he, he was studying for prostate cancer and then he said that uh, with prostate cancer they wouldn't let him work on it because he goes, We could probably find a cure for it, but it's such a slow killer that it's not worth the money. Oh yeah. So they took him off that and they made him do research on something more uh, uh, viable for money. Yeah. Right? So they, they took him off that, but one of the things he told me that always stuck with me, he said uh, they used to get so many uh, medical papers from the East uh, that would talk about like healing through sound. Sure. And mm. even cancer, like they would, yeah. they would, uh, they would beat cancer with sound and vibration. That's right. Not with this kind of music, but just with focused sound waves. Yeah. Like and, chanting. Uh, and no, it wasn't chanting. It was like it, it was uh, medical grade. Oh yeah. Vibration yeah. Like basically, binaural. like just. No, not even because this is more creative. This was like just a focused sound wave. If they found like uh, like resonant frequency, right? You know how a certain frequency will break glass. Yeah. So they they discovered that there was like uh, frequencies that'll just fuck with a virus to get I think it it's out this, of the system. I, I think it's this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. Hang on, let me try another one. I think that's the one that breaks glass. Um, Royal Rife what, is Royal what you're Rife. talking about. Royal Raymond Rife. That's who you're talking he about. Was, he, he was an East doctor? 
<coughs> he was. I just sucked in my um, my air to make those noises, and um, <coughs> now it's causing me to cough, and I feel like I need to preface my cough with that explanation, uh, given the times. Royal Rife was an American inventor. I'm quoting uh, Wikipedia now, never the go-to source, but there it is. Uh, an American inventor and early exponent of high-magnification time-lapse cinemicography, micrography, and best known for a claiming a beam ray invention during the 30s. So this was a sound thing. And he thought he could treat diseases by uh, shaking the sound, yeah. like you say. So if yeah. you get this killer virus or whatever it is, and then you hit it with the right frequency, like singing into a, sh a crystal wine glass, boom, right. you don't have a virus. Right. Same yeah. as putting soap on the virus, which kills, which which wrecks the outside of the... That's why they were saying wash your hands all the time, because the right. soap literally will... Uh, instantly eat away the side skin of the oh, right. Right. viral too, whatever, yeah, yeah. And, and so that's why they were saying that. So that's just vibration. But see, what's uh, funny being though, the same thing. What's funny was so he works at uh, downtown Toronto, uh, cancer research, one of the big hospitals. And the funny thing was, he said that with those Eastern uh, philosophies for for sound and vibration, they all get instantly dismissed. They sure. just throw them out because they go, this is just too much hocus pocus. Yeah. And they put no effort into even gauging the the conversation of discussing it. That's what's very interesting. And right. that's always kind of, that always sort of jaded me to the whole idea of it. The uh, fucking, the pink ribbons and everything. Because you always just kind yeah. of knew they don't really give a fuck. They don't. Uh, they don't at all. But yeah, you should you, see the, the timing, if I could just, you know. <laughs> like, what's happened to me is I, I remember, uh, like, some of the things have been so jarring, there's no way you're going to forget them, right? Like, you you know, so when people say, well, how do you remember that day? How, how did you know it was on that date? That sounds mm -hmm. odd. Well, when you're getting uh, diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, you can remember easily that it was November 20th, uh, <laughs> 2013, and, uh, the, you know, where you were and all that stuff, but... Mm. Getting getting that kind of information. Sorry, I kind of jumped ahead on your question uh, on, oh, on your point okay, there, man. but um, it just just set me up with that chunk you said earlier. It was just about the royal. I was trying to bridge something that we uh, about the the way that they don't give a shit about oh, yeah. us. Th that that's right. They, they don't <laughs> care because the, of course they don't care. It's the top of my mind. But like, as soon as I brought to my doctor that I had been applying cannabis oil. Mm -hmm. in in lieu of his applying anything except for one thing which was a um uh what's it called a uh well it, it inhibits the pr production of testosterone and there's various different ones because that's mm -hmm. gasoline on a that's gas on a fire having uh, manufacturing test like having testosterone and prostate cancer the prostate cancer is fueled by the testosterone mm -hmm. so they give you this uh, drug to try to stop making it and um and that's what you, you, that's all you he went could do. through prostate cancer? Yeah. That's and all he could do, though. That's all he could apply to me. But let me finish this point. So the, he's giving me this stuff, and I'm getting better and better and better. He doesn't understand it, and I haven't told him I'm taking cannabis oil. So in June or, <laughs> in June or July, now I'm just, like, every time I go in, I'm in better shape. I'm in more vital. I got in shit once for bringing my bicycle in there because they thought I was a bicycle courier who was told explicitly not to bring his bike up to the <laughs> fourth floor oncology office. Meanwhile, I was just bringing my bike up because... I didn't want to leave it outside, and I wasn't a courier, and then the other doctor didn't believe. I was, she was like, what? You're a patient here? What are you doing riding a bike? I go, exactly. Maybe you want to talk to me about some things. <laughs> and everybody else is sitting around in the waiting room looking up at the 680-24 screen, just oh, waiting for their shot. Uh. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I was 
explaining to this guy after so many months, like every every visit at the doctor's office, once a month, he'd say something along the lines, well, you're doing really well. I don't know. That's great. You just yeah, keep taking that thing and wow. I just, you know, he was always incredulous, right? So, And I knew why. So I, I, so on the six months or five months in, I said to the guy, look, I think I know why you're surprised about why I'm doing better. It's been, and I've been regularly taking uh, cannabis all along with it. Well, I'm not even finished that sentence. And he jumps up with, oh, that's uh, not a lot of research on that. It could be dangerous. I wouldn't advise that. <laughs> Fucking guy has offered me no treatment, has told me I'm too far gone for chemo and, and surgery and all that stuff. Not that I wanted it, but that's what he said. Right, right. Now so, I'm doing this thing. He sees this arc. I'm getting better every month. And as soon as I mentioned, he goes, no. <laughs> so, I just don't go there. He, what, so even when he's telling you you can't even get, you can't even get uh, the radiation treatment and that stuff. Yeah, it was too far gone. So what was it? He's just there to tell you you're going to die? Like that was his whole yes. game plan? Like yeah, He's yeah. like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you anything. You're just yeah. a goner? Mm-hmm. Man, how do you take that... How do you handle that information? What was offered you know what I mean? was the the medicine that slows down and, and eventually inhibits the production of testosterone, mm-hmm. so it's not burning as quickly. If you imagine cancer as a fire and and then it's just sitting there in the corner, you know, eventually consuming everything. But if you mm-hmm. poured gas on it, it's going to go quicker. Mm-hmm. The gas being the testosterone, so they prevent that hormone from being made. So, but even with that, all that's doing is slowing it down easing up the pain in the front end and from what I you know he spent like a couple of minutes explaining to me what that year was going to be like like basically the first five or six months you know this will slow things down but then it's I'm so sorry like you know we'll up the painkillers and there's nothing we can do there's just you know and so by uh me using the mnemonic device because I'm in a pickle, right? You're being told this bad news. Yeah, yeah. Five weeks later, I'm back at the expert's office and and use the device of him saying, at that point is when he told me I had 10 to 12 months to live. So that was late December of 2013, about five weeks after I was in for the diagnosis, saying, and so I said, you mean like, uh, Halloween or Christmas, ten or twelve months, right? Like mm-hmm. so, I could remember those right. the, yeah, pieces yeah. of news. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm afraid so." And I was like, "And then I just questioned him. You're saying there's nothing else I can do to change this?" And I could tell from his answer, which was no, mm-hmm. and the way he said it, and his physical energy, and the whole thing, that he was incorrect. That when I said, is there anything else I can do? And he said, no. I was able to tell that that wasn't true. Wow. I don't say why he said it. Are you trying to fuck me up? Are you lying to me? Are you scamming me? I I didn't go there. Yeah. I just was aware that him saying there's nothing else he could do, it didn't. Now, I understand a lot of people are going to think that's a basic, normal denial after being told Mm -hmm. something like that. And, and, And I can understand why anybody would say that. And it's fair enough to say that as a criticism. But... Uh, that's not what it was. No, you caught a yeah. feeling. Like, you, yeah. know, you caught him in a lie. You yeah. uh, well, I, I, truth. I, later, uh-huh. I determined that there was a falsehood coming, like that he was lying, mm. that he's unstudied, that something was bad about it. He's either ignorant and doesn't know anything else around, and then therefore, what are all these degrees doing on your wall, or you're right. deliberately hiding information, whatever. At the time, though, all I knew was this comforting, so I'm going to die? <laughs> No, <laughs> that's what I got out of it. Right. Even though I said, there's nothing else I can do. And he said, no, it was like, 
oh, you're not you're not certain about this. You don't know this oh. for sure. You you this isn't the whole deal. Right. So there must be somewhere else. There must be something else. You don't know what it is. You're not going to tell me what it is, but I know now this isn't the end of the ride. Right. And so right. I'm literally free to go and look for other things because he said uh, no chemo, no radiation, no surgery. Hmm. What if he said that? Now you're like, oh, okay, well, when do we start chemo? Next week. Oh, okay. So then you're doing chemo and you're mitigating it usually with oil. People do that all the time on grips. They go, oh, this oil is really helping me with the pain from and the weirdness from chemo. And I'm just sitting there going, why don't you just try the oil and not the chemo in the first place? <laughs> but, um, you know, but they do. And it, it, so it's good for mitigating pain. It's good for mitigating discomfort. And it's good for mitigating nausea of the chemo. It's also good instead of the chemo. It's better without it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Sonny. Um... Yeah, we didn't even give you uh, an intro. That's okay. So now someone's just listening to this going like, man, <laughs> who's that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, okay, yeah. so let's let's do a proper. This is our uh, this is our second episode of our podcast now. Uh, the the podcast is called uh, Please Feel Free, and uh, we have a very special guest uh, this week. I'm your host, Kevin Soldo. We have your other co-host uh, Taylor Palmer here. Hey guys, and uh, and we have a very special guest, man. Uh, I'm I'm honored to have him. Uh, I've known this guy, for, uh, known of him for a while, uh, and uh, he's done a lot of things comedically. He was uh, from the Royal Canadian Air Force. Yeah, uh, I didn't do that comedically. I just showed up. No, you just you were there. <laughs> there was and a rule you weren't allowed to <laughs> add to, to be that funny. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Some kind of. <laughs> uh, you've also done all the festivals and everything. Um, most of the festivals, yeah. I guess, yeah. One I of the so. one of the I great so. Canadian comedians, uh, Alan Park, is with us uh, right now. Most of the festivals, yeah. yeah. Hey, thanks. So, yeah, I'm a comedian. Yeah, and this is all before. I COVID. mean, you're a, you're a human too. I'm a human. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. More importantly, um, you know what's funny, man? We uh, when I I've been doing comedy now like just over this will be eleven years. Wow, cool. And we've never come across each other, but I've heard your name in passing a lot. Oh, yeah. Because I was always, you know, a little kooky with right. with ideas. I would ask too many questions. And I remember that was one thing people would always say. They'd be like, oh, man, you get a kick out of Alan because he's really, like, into that stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's funny how the world works, man. Here we are. It's funny. Um, it's, it's good. I'm glad that someone's saying nice things because <laughs> I'm really, I don't need that. But it, They I, might I have will been say saying mean things, but it was mean things about me in a oh, nice way, you know? Uh, it could be it. It could be it. Now, just like lately, like the past year, I'll say that again without popping. The past year has been, um, uh, I, w- I would say easily has gone and divided everything into COVID, pre-COVID for me. Now, yeah. just a second. I'm yeah. going to get this dog up here because he's yeah, bring bugging me. Come on up here, boy. Hup, hup. Come here, Sonny. Come on, boy. Hup, hup. Come here, Your Floyd. dog's name's Sonny? No, it's Floyd. Oh. <laughs> but I call him lots of things. <laughs> so Floyd, boy, boy Boil. He Doggo. just likes attention. It's not a good day for him because he's not at the park with his friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's shitty out and we're doing this. But you got to sit down, Sonny. I mean, it's not like I doubt you love me. <laughs> all right okay okay so wherever we were so yeah the past year though this whole thing has been um i, I was under you know we're always under a series of illusions and uh no matter how much we think we know and so one of the illusions i was under from the past year was that uh and i don't think people are saying they're under illusions i think they're just they think they know everything that's going on. But one of the illusions I was under was that having my background 
of a contentious journey through the medical system by a lot of the bigger pushers in that system. Like this guy that I had for surgery was, uh, my doctor was one of the best um, surgeons in Canada. Apparently a lot of people want to go see him if they get prostate cancer. Well, he was no good to me. I mean, he didn't, he didn't offer me anything except for tell me the one thing that was working and that I shouldn't do it because it hasn't right. been tested. Mm. Never mind. And, and, you know, if I was in an angry state or something, I said, well, why hasn't it been tested? I've already had five weeks of progress with it, I can tell you. And then they stick it. Well, that's just anecdotal. I go, well, if there's 10,000 stories that are anecdotes, they're all being told by people that are still alive. Is, uh, is that not worth something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but this guy uh, um, telling me things... I uh, had another doctor subsequently, but I have been wending my way through the medical system ever since uh, the, the year of 2013. I mean, this is when I had my initial awarenesses that there was something wrong with me. That manifested as a pulled rib in the gym in January, thinking that was what I did, pulled my rib. I wasn't warmed up enough. I pulled my rib. Uh, so I had to wait six weeks for it to heal, but it wasn't quite healing, and it was getting worse and worse and worse. And so now we're into, like, April, and I'm still messed up, and I don't know what's going on. And they couldn't put a cast on it because it's a rib, you know, mm-hmm. so you just have to wait. But it was getting worse and worse. And so by June, I'm in the doctor's office and doing tests. And and then by July, August again, and then by September, I'm into a I'm into an expert and a, a reproductive expert. A uh, fella who, who's uh, looking at my prostate and all that. None of them came up with this mm-hmm. diagnosis. And you're fine. You're fine. I'm not fine. I'm falling apart. I was in pain. Things were terrible. I didn't know what the hell was going on. It was frightening. Mm-hmm. And, and and I was aching and uh, I was going through junk, you know, acetaminophen and, and Tylenol, just gobbling that stuff like candies, Aleve, all of those things. And... Um, did you get to a point where none of that stuff even worked? Anymore? Yeah, 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 and that, and I knew that it was a toxic load on my uh-huh. kidney and stuff, but I was taking it anyway because if you had a little bit of pain, you go, "Well, fuck it." You know, it's weird to take two or three Tylenols; it doesn't really seem to. So uh-huh. that was just getting worse and worse. And then uh, at the end of November, I went to see uh, this. I had to go to the emerge. Like you know, I'd been trying allopathy down the road of 2013, and they were all just wrong or mistaken or coming up empty. Then I get this diagnosis from the emergency guy five weeks later, uh, who knew more than a lot of people. And then five weeks later, the expert doesn't have much for me. And I began my journey through. And then five or six months into it, I tell you, this is the guy telling me, don't do that oil. It's dangerous. Kind know. of thing. We haven't tried it. We don't know what it'll be like because we haven't. I wonder what his position is on the vaccines that they didn't try on anybody. <laughs> yeah. but, but like, so I was frustrated by that, but also freed by it. You know, right. And I was kind of hoping that by talking about it and I've helped a lot of people and that was the genesis for wanting to put it into a podcast. I gave you that healing method chunk from that episode. Yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. Gave me the show out of it. And because they were listening and they thought it would be great. So then I put a show together with it that lasted for just over two years to talk about it. I was infallible with my details. I was always right because I was bringing research from someone else that was right. I was basically Mm -hmm. collating stuff through my own experience and through the experience of others. So it wasn't like you could really argue with me. Yeah, about did it. you did you notice that there were then doctors that did have an interest in that kind of research? One like, guy very much off to the side later on. Right. No. Because 
I mean, you can get into that personally, but they have this thing called the standard of care. This is an actual trope where they have the standard of care. This also comes down from the Rockefellers <laughs> and the medicine and everything else. And right. so all these cool things that you're trying. No, we won't do that. We'll just do. So the standard of care for cancer is chemo, radiation, and uh, uh, surgery. They don't say, well, let's radically look at your diet. Now, how, new, they don't how do that. new is that? How new is that? The that standard of care? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Uh, well, it changes. It, it's kind of like the food thing. You know, there used the to pyramid, be the food yeah. groups and the, whatever. They just set these. So you got <laughs> yeah. cancer? We have three things. Anything mm -hmm. else beyond that? You're a heretic. So that's basically all it is. But but like, given that it's been somewhat public, I have gone and done this uh, podcast for people. You can still get tons of great information out of it. It was going in the shadow of Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada opening up the cannabis rules and laws and opening up the industry mm -hmm. from when the times when it wasn't there and it was all run by criminals, so to speak. <laughs> so they were transitioning, and I wanted to make sure that uh, an intelligent voice that who had used it before, who was in touch with people who use it now for the reasons you use it. I'm supposed to be fucking dead, damn it. Like, give me some fucking credit for that. Yeah. Give the plant credit for that. <laughs> Yeah, no you know, give give it, and they just won't, right? But anyway, yeah. more through time, and then uh, had this incredible adventure of insanity that took place uh, with Jamaica, and going there to test. What do you mean, adventure of insanity? Well, we'll get to it later. I can't even open okay. it up without it's a whole another hour of talking. So, <laughs> but I had to. Uh, so at the end of so this is after my podcast closed at the end of 2018. I just couldn't find the energy to keep going because they had made the new rules and they were different and they were not what we recommended and that's what it was going to be. So there right. was no sense going, hey, listen to this information and therefore you can structure your act accordingly. So once it was out, I wasn't going to sit there and fight it all day. Right, long. right. And I couldn't get into it as much. So And then I was sick anyway, so the cancer's coming back at the end of 18. So I decide, okay, I'm going to go to Jamaica. And that was a guest on my show who offered his place to me when I thought I would be going to South America. Anyway, I went down there to load up on a ton of cannabis to, to turbo blast this shit out of my body, this cancer thing. And at the end of, so I, I'm making that decision. I've got it all figured out. Uh, now it's the end of 2018. Now I know where it's going to be. I'm going to leave in January of 2019. And I'm going there for three months to just bring it up as fast as I can and live in it and see what happens. Well, it was all good signs. All good signs. We could talk about it. But, um... I left before the three months because an opportunity to gig in England came up mm -hmm. from a great comic who's a friend of mine who was basically kindly reaching across the pond saying, fuck this cancer. I'm a big star here. Why don't you come over and open for me? I'll go and do some time, 10 minutes or so, then I'll bring you on, tell the crowd you got to listen to your fucking ass. It, you know, so I was yeah. getting into a catbird seat. This was going to be, I don't have to go to England and slum around in the clubs and try yeah, to get yeah. my, this is a guy that's well up. People had tickets and he's saying, this guy's great. So it was only going to go well. Mm. It was only going to go well. And I was so kind of him to do that. But things didn't work out that way. And uh, I never actually got to England. And I was waylaid um, in Jamaica first for a whole day by a very tall, powerful, uh, six foot six, seven man with a tag on at the airport who claimed to be the minister of immigration. Oh, yeah. Although I was there for less time. I wasn't doing any kind of immigration breach. Uh, who knows why I, 
it's it's hard to unpack. I'm working on it. It's a book. It's crazy what happened there. But anyway, mm -hmm. it prevented me from traveling back from Kingston to Toronto, Toronto to London to do some shows, come back, go down to Kingston, finish up in Jamaica, and then return here. Mm -hmm. Didn't happen. I got here, and uh, they canceled my continuing flight to England for being unruly on the plane on a four-and-a-half-hour flight for which I slept two hours by myself at the back. I don't understand how I was unruly. You caused a lot of shit wow. in two hours, huh? <laughs> I didn't fucking do anything, man. I told the guy when I got on, I just want, I don't want anything. I just want three glasses of water, preferably. But what one was now, it, like they later. flagged your account or something? Uh, your, your account, your uh, passport? Yeah, I had an interview to get on the plane after, you know all the checks and balances you had to do to get on the plane? Yeah, yeah. I did all that, and then we're walking down the ramp to go on the plane. I got pulled out of that lineup and sat down for another 20-minute interview. But what did they, did they think you were like a smuggler or something? I don't know what they thought. Mm -hmm. yeah. The whole thing was very strange, and, mm -hmm. un, and it wasn't cool, and I didn't like it, and it was fucking me up, and I'd already missed the first day, so I was only going to get three shows instead of four over there. Mm -hmm. Plus, anyway... It was a terrible time. It, it caused me to lose my phone. This guy apprehending me and forcing me to sit in a wheelchair, and I was sitting in a wheelchair, and at one point my phone came out, my iPhone, and then he, I got wheeled away. I was like, hey, my phone's over there. It didn't matter. It was gone. Mm -hmm. So that was the beginning of not having my phone for five months. My wow. pictures from the trip, all the notes from my experimentation, all the stuff that I was doing. Yes, no, I didn't have it backed up properly, all that shit. But you don't think you're going to yeah, get Yeah, you never mugged. do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what happens. And uh, Anyway, so I had a tough time getting out of there. But I was online still, and, and, and this person had started a cancer fundraiser for me against my wishes three times. So now people knew that I was... Anyway, this whole thing gets... Uh, I don't, we, can, we can talk about it, but basically... You ever get anyone, you ever any, get anyone that th thought you faked, uh, faked the cancer because you lived so long? Well, we're getting to that. So because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've, I've had people that say that. I know a couple of people have uh, angrily dissed me for that. <laughs> For surviving after losing and and <laughs> after losing what I thought was a pretty easy intellectual win on a chat page about Biden or something, and then they go, oh, "Yeah, well, fucking, I don't think weed cures cancer." You're fucking lying about it anyway. <laughs> it's like, well, that wasn't even our topic, but Petty. anyway, I'm the real deal, so I can help you. It has not left me fully forever. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. and I keep I've been through dips and, and, and valleys and um, and peaks. And so and so let's just tie this thing up. That whole deal, I, I, I thought uh, of, of what I've gone through and put online publicly and that I used to be on that show. Mm -hmm. I thought there would be some purchase in that of. Well, what did he do? How did he get out of that position? You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. just looking to me for how did I? But no, it's just been massive argumentation. This that was cancer. This is COVID. No one I, like my whole history of what I've done is useless on most people, which is too bad for them. Right, mm -hmm. right. That's what I you know. And if you want to call me names at it while you're doing it, fine too. And and so now I'm I'm I've been I I've been up and down on this thing. And I don't always understand what's happened, but at the end of 2019, and by that I mean because I use this oil, and sometimes it's worked, and sometimes it hasn't. Right now, I'm on a I'm on a, a really good trajectory right now that started up around I don't know August. But the oil you're using is also always from a different source. I take yeah. it, like it's always a different plant that yeah. they're squeezing. So uh -huh. that in itself could be play a big role. I'm sure it has played uh -huh. roles in times where I've been using it. Like I was getting to at the end of 2019, I was starting to use it around um, uh, November, December, and it wasn't working at all. 
Mm-hmm. And, and it's all because my plan got fucked up by these things that shouldn't have happened. This whole misadventure of, of what <laughs> happened in, in um, uh, Jamaica. Yeah. So I had gone from, what it leaves me with is I had gone from ingesting 400 grams in 10 weeks. You're supposed to take 60 grams in three months. <laughs> so I did 400 grams. Uh-huh. That's a lot. And by slowly, there's a slow incremental uh, pattern of increasing the usage to get you up to one gram a day. Uh-huh. Well, I just kept extrapolating on that. And, and, and the last dose I took was 11 grams every day. Wow. I was up to 11. I was going to 12. And my whole plan was, and I mean, this if you've ever even tried this stuff, it doesn't even sound real. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could take a sports team and... If they weren't used to the oil, you could take a sports team and give them like one capsule to share between 22 guys or oh, something. I, and they yeah, they yeah. wouldn't even be able to play. I know, man. I've seen <laughs> Tomorrow night. Like, you know, they wouldn't be. But here I am with 11 grams, you know. So I was trying to build it up and I had been doing okay with that. <clears throat> my tolerance levels. And I was building it up to my plan was alone in Jamaica without fear of rep- retribution or cops or social responsibility so or anything like that. So part of the reason like you went down there was strictly because of the legality of it. Yeah. Part of the legal, because I knew I was going to be going way deep on amounts, and right. I just, like, so we're in Canada right now, so so if I needed to go, oh, I better pop down to Metro, I got to get a jug of water. I don't feel like doing that necessarily. Right, right. Mm. Uh, in and around people that would judge and, uh, you know, how do you feel about it? I didn't know how I was going to feel. I'm going to be upping the dose all the time. So right, right. I got to this place where I was taking 11, the last several doses I took were 11 grams a day, and then I had to stop because then I was going to fly to Toronto and then London and then do the shows and then come back and then I was going to start up again with like a quarter a half a gram and then get you know real quick and finish up so basically it was pinching the end of my three months but for a great reason right right anyway 400 grams I probably had I been left to my own devices I probably would have done another like it would have come up to a pound would have been it would have been another 15 grams a day kind of thing till the end till I got to the end and unfortunately I stopped where I stopped which is about 400 grams over the 10 weeks then I get to Toronto then I get arrested then I get taken to Toronto Western Hospital in the lobby. Is this separate from the thing? This is a different... No, this is the same This is because of you landing from Jamaica, they arrest you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I landed in Jamaica. I I landed from Jamaica in Toronto and was told I wasn't going to... This is the weirdest thing. I landed Jamaica. I've, I've, I've been harassed. I don't even have the whole story here for you, but I was stopped, like I said, by this big, huge guy in Jamaica. And, and everybody at WestJet... Uh, said, you know, whatever, come back tomorrow, try it again. So I go back the next day, try it again. That's the day I, that's the day I get to Toronto the next day. And then I'm like, God, I'm a day late for this whole thing. It's crazy. I'm going to literally have to, and I've lost my phone, mm-hmm. so I couldn't contact anybody. When I went into my Facebook on the computer, it was not responding mm. as, it's, as it should. And something or somebody else was in there have already compromised it. I think that happened when I lost the phone. So now I've got this computer. It's all not working properly. I don't have my phone. I don't have contacts for anybody. I've only got a couple of phone numbers in my head from years ago. 
and they were still valid. But uh, I was at sea, man. I was lost. Like, there's no contact without these phones anymore. There's yeah. No, yeah, no kidding. It's incredible. Like, there's no lawyer to call. There's no, uh, I, you know, looking for pay phones in Toronto a couple of years ago. I'm sure it's, <laughs> it's mental. So, so I don't have this knowledge that while I'm in Toronto, police have been informed that I'm missing. Now, I find that out later, but this explains why they were looking for me, which I didn't understand. When I got to the airport and they said, you can't continue on to London, there's a woman from WestJet's telling me all this. And I'm like, why? Why not? What do you mean? And she's like, well, the crew just that. I said I was asleep for half the time. He goes, well, you could try in the morning. And she's just, what? try in the morning. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> so I said, okay, this is not how... I got to get out of here. That's all there is to it. So I needed to leave the airport, but I had nowhere to go. I had not enough money. I didn't have contact. I had British pounds on me only. I didn't have a debit card. I like, you know, this is mm-hmm. a crazy situation. And within 12 hours, I've been arrested by the police, taken not to the police station. Oh, Sonny, he wants to go to the park now. Uh, that's my dog wants to go to the park. We'll go soon, though. We can't do it right now. <laughs> yeah. well, well, well. So, um, what was I? So yeah, so I'm I I met the police uh, getting arrested, and I get taken into this uh, ambulance though, where then I'm not a police car, and I'm then strapped down onto the gurney, and they gave me a shot. What? Wow. Mm. On the way to not the police station, but Toronto Western Hospital, and we get in there, and I'm still strapped to the gurney, fully down, you know, like legs and arms, and uh, there are the four cops. That brought me in, and they went down to three later. There's a couple of security guards uh, from the hospital, a couple of orderly types, a couple of nurses, a lot of people in a room, and I'm on this gurney, and they're yelling at me. And this was after I had to be taken in intake. The main woman at the front of the hospital, mm-hmm. who's going to let you in or whatever, <laughs> you ever go there with a cut thumb or something. But now I'm on a gurney. Uh, with these cops shoving me in her face and she's asking me. So the first question out of her mouth, is this the first time you've ever tried to kill yourself, Mr. Park? Wow. I'm like, what, what the, f- the fuck? What are you talking about? I just answer the question, you know, and all this stuff starts to happen, right? Where, where it's like That's trying to Twilight kill myself. Yeah. yeah. All that, yeah, yeah. all that. I'm going, fuck me. I'm on a gurney. <sighs> They're jacking me with medicine through my clothes, man. I'm wearing jeans, shorts. Boom, boom, boom. Seven needles down here. Yeah, and they don't Seven take. needles down God. there. You can't reason with them either. When oh, you're I wasn't. In those, like, no. Even no. if you were calm and shit, they're not going to be fun. And So I wasn't. And I yeah. now know how I will be and was and am for this whole COVID thing. So, like, okay, it's true. I was on. I had ingested a lot of cannabis. They ran some tests and came to the conclusion that since I had so much in me, of course, I'm trying to kill myself. They never look at the other side of the coin of like, I'm using this to to live. (laughs) The exact opposite. And you might hurt other people. I use the knowledge to help other people. So you're looking at a concave dish going, oh, look at the convex thing. Mm. You know, like they don't see it. They don't get it. They don't. And I don't know what's going on at that point. I'm just like, what the fuck? I'm saying you're putting seven. I counted them. Seven shots. Seven shots. I'm fucking like, I said to this lady, what the fuck are you doing? putting?" And... She goes, it doesn't matter. 
That's what she said to me. This nurse. Because it doesn't matter. And I'm just thinking. <laughs> Everybody else shut up and freeze in time. I'm going to have a conversation with this woman about how it doesn't matter, apparently, to, to put... Like, I've got long johns on under here. I was just in Jamaica, relatively off a plane. I haven't had time to get off and had a shower. I got close. You're going to put fucking hypodermic needles through 14 times. So I found out later. Uh, <laughs> I found out later what the drug was. It's just to calm me down or something. But, I mean, God. So she says that. People are talking in the room critically mm-hmm. about me, asking me questions. I'm hearing everything. I'm answering. I could hear what the cops said. This woman shooting the stuff into me, and I said to her, I said to her, you can't put 14, you can't do that through the thing. She goes, it doesn't matter. And I go, excuse me for a second. And I stopped this cop who's standing over here telling another person that when he came to arrest me, I was throwing shit around. No, I wasn't. So when I heard him say that, I went, hang on a second. I wasn't throwing anything around DB Cooper, Officer 3458 badge, whatever the fuck it was. I read his badge to him. I'll say shit like that. Fuck's sakes. And like I was just, you know what it felt like? Ping pong. And you're the only guy with a paddle Mm -hmm. and there's 27 people firing balls and you're hitting them all no matter where they're going, right? Mm -hmm. Every question answered. Every untruth flipped on its ass. Finally, this cop leans in. He goes, you're fucking crazy. You know that, right? And I go, what are you talking about, stupid? I've just answered every single fucking issue and every question you guys raised. He goes, I know. That's why I'm saying this. (laughs) <laughs> so that's bizarre shit Whoa. because I could keep up with yeah yeah because because yeah, I was yeah. able to handle their fast speed See, bullshit that's what that's what terrifies me about of, all of that stuff is that's my biggest fear it's like that thing of being told to calm down when you are calm yes exactly like, or don't resist you're, when yeah, you're not the, resisting right yeah it's because you, you <laughs> go just because I know how to yeah. use my vocals and I know how to you know just emphasize things differently it doesn't mean I'm not calm if right. you want to see me not calm, I can get to those points. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, what is that? Uh-huh. This is the producer of the show that I was doing at the time. <laughs> Hang on a second. So, anyway, this whole thing was nuts because, like, the cannabis does so uh, accelerate perceptions, awarenesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Were you ever big on other, uh, like, psychedelics? Yeah. Were Mushrooms. You, yeah. Yeah. And did you find any similarities oh, to yeah, it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're divination tools. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I, I know uh, weed is the the gateway psychedelic. That's the mm-hmm. one everyone gets started on. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> Ask me a long question. I'm going to do something. Uh, a long question? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have long questions, only short questions, man. Yeah, I always worry about that, man. I always worry about the... Like, that's a fear of mine, to get pulled into some situation like that where you can't... Because, I mean, even as as comics, it feels like if anyone just gives us a chance to explain, we can use our words to to rationalize or to uh, get out of a situation. Right. But when you don't give us the opportunity to explain ourselves... Don't listen. Yeah, or don't listen, it becomes very... uh, It becomes very Twilight Zone-ish. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. So they got three, they, they, seven shots here, seven shots there. I'm dealing with all these cops. I'm dealing with them. And then they uh, later put me into another room where I passed out and they gave me a subsequent drug, which I vomited through. <laughs> and then they let me go Saturday morning, oh April. They let me go Saturday morning, the very next morning. Like this was a, a arrested at basically midnight taken. And this all went in in a period of about nine or 10 hours. And then they let me go. 
at about uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. And they let you go, no charges, no nothing? No charges, no nothing. I was free to go. <laughs> And See, I was I was picked up again. Like same same shit. I was picked up again. Um, about four hours later. <laughs> With the same reasoning. <laughs> yeah, they just found me and they they put me in the back of the thing and they strapped me to a gurney and we went right back there. And then I had an interview with a guy who was a doctor. Um, who can I, I, made, can I, I ask you something? Yeah. Do you think it could have been because you were saying too much? I think so. Yeah. Well, but you know, I'm just trying to lay out on the table. The actual things that did happen. My mm-hmm. dog's eating right now, so that's what that noise is. It's better than the whining. But, I, but, but I, um, yeah, I, I wanted to put all of these pieces on the table mm-hmm. because they're all true and they do sound strange on their own. Mm. And then when you look at the fact that, um, well, I've got my understandings of why I've been roundly and soundly ignored by CBC. Mm-hmm. It's a really weird story mm-hmm. of how they completely ignore me, despite the fact I was on a show of theirs for 15 years. But uh-huh. I mean, it's it's strange, right? Like it's a long ride of what was in 15? It was 12, but still, it was. Um, That's nice. Huh? Wh- when I break down the story, <laughs> you know, and I'm way past the my feelings hurt thing. I mean, sure. this is just indicative of how full of shit you are. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you that I have no problem telling anybody who, you know, now that I've realized, like, people, people like we were saying, younger people who are 18, 19, wear a mask in the store because blah, 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 <laughs> cause they saw that on Newsweek magazine right. or something. Right. Have you taken the time to do, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. No, I'm researching shit in the world, fuck's sakes. Right. This is an old thing, dumbing down people. John Taylor Gatto, the New York school teacher, talked about it years ago. This is the end of a result of a plan. We're at a place mm-hmm. where people aren't thinking right. uh, mm-hmm. and not looking at things the way they should, you know. And so getting you, to getting to do you yeah. think do you think there was ever a time where we did where there was a lot of thinkers or yeah. do you think thinking was just this like do you oh. think it's just narrowed to a It's been small going it's been anyway. circling the drain forever. Right. I mean more people used to um <laughs> once I was on the road I don't have it here with me cuz I got a bunch of I've got a bunch of boxes of books probably 20 boxes of books the size of that crate over there. And the rest of my things, I would just have them here. It'd be so great because mm-hmm. they're uh, everything I have. But um, I was on the road, Kingston, Ontario. This is going to be in the 90s. And I used to always go to old bookstores. Loved it, right? Mm-hmm. And I found a book there that was a level six grade Ontario reader. <laughs> well, fucking, there's no way most university graduates would understand this thing. Mm-hmm. Now there were elements of racism in there. There were ele- it was written in the late 1800s. So there's there's things that would clash with our sensibilities of today. But the writing in it, the points that were being made, the way things were constructed. I mean, now we're down to like you know three point pie charts, <laughs> right. and it's it's amazing. So. Uh, there's so much old information there, but like like going back to this uh, thing, cannabis has been the guiding light for all of this stuff because it, all of the ideas that I've had that have come to pull my ass out of the fire came from the cannabis, mm-hmm. even if it wasn't the cannabis itself that did some kind of physiological right, reaction. Right, indirectly it was, It's yeah. opened up your mind to yeah. be able to find something else that would work, so the... Mm-hmm frequencies and the different kinds of foods and and that kind of research and this is uh, what what they don't um like right and, yeah. and when we get to cbc it's just incredible when i look back on uh, 
what's happened. And I've got like an hour's worth of recorded interviews such as this with mm-hmm. a reporter on CBC who promised me that it would be on tonight. And I was like, no, it won't be on tonight, man. It's not going to be on. And then it didn't get on. And then I teased him with a text. And and then later on, he came to another interview. And and we did two more places of interview. And then he said, I'll get this on. And I started teasing him. You're not going to get it. They're not going to let you get it. No, no, no. I'm going to get this on. It's important. And he was <laughs> in his early 40s. And he was all upset about prostate cancer, maybe. And uh, none of it ever aired. Mm-hmm. None of it ever aired anywhere. Mm-hmm. They don't like talking about it. And that it's all stuff. counter. Right. Yeah, they don't like talking yeah, yeah. about it. And and so this shitty whole bunch of stuff that happened to me in 2019 has actually, in retrospect, has informed me so well on um, uh, awarenesses that I picked up and, and pieces of information along the way that have helped me so much with this COVID Right, you almost sense. had to suffer in the past to be able to see through all the shit yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Would you still use the same tools that you used back then for, like, for corona- like let's say, for nowadays? Like, could it still yeah. work? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about things like, I have a, I have a, um, this growing garden here behind you, so microgreens, right? So you want to have, like, a certain regular amount of unadulterated, fresh, blah, blah, blah. So I'm doing that. There's a... Got some other machines here, too, where I've made liposomal vitamin C, mm-hmm. um, listening to things all the time. Come on up here, Bill. Come on up here, Sonny. Come on, boy. Come on, boy. Come on, boy. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a... Come on, man. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Hey, boy. Like, like, don't cry if you don't come up, okay? So, I, yeah, I've done a lot of those things, and, and, and uh, I found a lot of those things because I'm, I'm completely aware of the fact that the cannabis... Uh, it's just the best way to describe it is it optimizes the uh, it, it optimizes your ability to to take in awareness and a wider field of vision than you mm. previously were. Mm-hmm. Yes, <coughs> I agree. Yeah. And so there's where a lot of your help. So before you uh, started any of this stuff, were you were you a smoker? Were you an avid smoker like uh, throughout or no? Yeah. You didn't touch it until? Yeah. I was smoking from 17 to 30 off and on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quit finally when I was 30, 31, something like that. And then uh, uh, I started again in 2019 when I was arrested because of where I was and stuff. And I decided I thought I needed to use that as a currency and as a social buffer. <laughs> right. Come here. Come on, boy. Get up. Get up. Come, Come on. on, boy. Hop, hop, you let's go. It. Let's go. Hop up on there. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. He's got no run. Come on, silly hog. Guy. He's a go-use. He's, he's starring the show now. I just don't like it because we're not getting anything done if he's just going to sit there. So so anyway, yeah, it's a, it's a, um, it's a loaded topic, but we I just want to make sure that this gets in there at some point and if we don't get all of the pieces to it. But this is what I reasoned back then and came to learn is true. Is that the immune system, which you can't even mention that now, right? Because you can't even, what? <laughs> immune system? You mean this mask? Uh, no. Uh, the immune system of the body mm-hmm. is, uh, I likened it to a Mack truck. Okay. How so? And, well, it, it's doing all of the work driving through. Mm. And on the hood of the Mack truck is the shiny chrome bulldog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the pineal gland. Right. The Mack truck is the immune system. Mm. And the pineal gland 
is uh, it's so weird to say these things out loud. Yeah, people no one's, aren't ready for it. Man. No one's been no. around, you know, for COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. And and you get these thoughts and awarenesses, and sometimes they just live there, and sometimes you write them down, and very rarely do you communicate them verbally. But here we are. Mm-hmm. So. And if you don't, you know, do your own research, as they always say. Do your own thing and, and think that this is crazy as fuck, if you like. I, see, I think the time for that is over, man, because nobody's doing their research anyways. Right. So we just need to tell fucking people. What it is. We, yeah, we can't keep. Because well, that's the I, whole thing where people go, oh, yeah, but it's a mask. You could do what you want. Let me do what. But that's how we got here in the first place. That's right. Just letting people. Someone's got to tell people, like, look, man, some of this shit is. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's, like, it's just wrong. Like, I have all the paperwork and all the hard data uh, that that I can. I haven't put it all together in book form because I've had to carry it around and, and, and stash it at places. And I've been collating. And it's a long difficult journey but i do have it mm-hmm. and i can show you all the medical readouts where i'm gonna be dead so what happened was <laughs> i'm into like six years now of no that didn't happen right so i get to drive this fucking right thing. right yeah yeah i get to drive it yeah. all day long because either and you, you don't know me... what the fuck you're talking about and then you're just a total walking miracle. Right, which or, is cool. Leave me alone. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. still a story. Someone, <laughs> right? someone should still want that story. Maybe yes. they go, I've never met anybody like this. This guy's been alive for six sure. years. They told me. Or maybe you have uh, an information or two that, that you know really does benefit people and help people's well-being. Well, I have that, yeah. but there's a, uh, there's a, a shit ton of professional doctors and, and uh, professional medical researchers sure. and stuff in the world that have far more than I have in that way of knowledge, and they just get shut up. Yeah. yeah. And you're not allowed to bring that in as a, as a question. You're not yeah. even allowed yeah. to say, well, how do you know the vaccine? Lo- oh, hey, don't even. Well, well, I didn't say anything. I just said, how do you know the vaccine's in the purple tube or pink tube? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is, all these have been tested at a time. Like, there's a sensitivity to it, right? Uh-huh. And and just my timing, like 2012 after that, so it was a good year. And then 2013 is this devolvement into a bad year. And at the end of which they tell me I won't be getting out of 2014, like 10 to 12 mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. So it's fair to say that um, there might have been some kind of funeral slash memorial service in January of 2015. Mm-hmm. So here we are six years down the road. Mm-hmm. Come up here, man. Come <laughs> up here, please. You have to. Has he been with you the whole journey? F- yeah. Yeah. There you well, go. well, five years anyway. I, I've had him. For, I've had him since uh, 2015 after I re- recovered that horrible summer. But um, I'm I'm regretting it now. Uh, <laughs> Come here, buddy. Come here, boy. Come on. Silly. Get up there, <laughs> silly boy. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. So you gotta just chill out sometimes, boy. So anyway, um, yeah, so six years, all I'm saying, all I'm getting to is like, you know, there's a a certain level of uh, power, Mm -hmm. strength, certainty, can easily be misread as arrogance, might even be arrogance sometimes, Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily diminish the message. It could to some listeners, but just being tired of being told that it's all bullshit and fake and whatever, I'm just like, no, I know this shit works. Yeah. And, you know, when the criticisms I often have to most deal with are, are like, well, how, you know, it doesn't, how do you know it's going to work for everybody? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You wouldn't <laughs> believe the standards that dumb folks try to put on <laughs> cannabis that they don't put on anything else. Right. Yeah. Right. It doesn't work for everybody. Well, does chemo work for everybody? Mm. 
Does chemo? No, it doesn't work. Oh, now it's getting into conspiracy theory. But I'm just saying, no, it doesn't work for everybody. So what? Not everybody likes the flavor of caramel. This guy likes sweets. This guy likes sweets. He still doesn't like caramel, and he likes caramel. So, like, everything doesn't work for everybody, but it's like it worked well for me. And I'm six years into it, so I don't want to be told what to do. Now, I go to my doctors for consults. I ask them about things. We get blood tests, and I'm, I go from there. Have sure. you found a better doctor since? Like, do you find, no. have you found anyone that's, like, intrigued by your story the, at all? The second guy, yeah. The second guy was. So the first guy that was... That, that gave you the great news? First guy was the gave me the great news was a, was an eMERGE doc. A month later, five weeks later, I saw the expert at, at mm-hmm. Mount Sinai Hospital. And, uh, and then when that ended in the summer of 14... And I stopped going to see that guy because mm-hmm. he kept, you know, and I stopped going to see him uh, in October. And then and then in 2015, I did so have a catastrophic relapse uh, at the beginning, late at the end of the year. And when they said I would be dead, I was I went into a heavy uh, dip and it was quite damaging. And uh, I was with my partner at the time and she had a family in Barbados and we went there for five day vacation and I could only do three. I needed weed. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't live without the oil. Like I even bought a little bit to smoke on the beach, but I, I couldn't live without it. And uh, anyway, so from there, I deteriorated up until um, t- this is 2015. Now I'm deteriorating down to the level of got to go into the hospital big time. When was that? Late April, early May. <clears throat> and I was there for three weeks, three, mm-hmm. three weeks and a few days. And, and once again in there, managed to get things turned around. And that doctor who was at that hospital at that time, he was very interested in all of this. Mm-hmm. And he was very um, helpful and, and wasn't going to get in the way of it. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. do what you do, but it doesn't do anything. You know, like sort of looking down on it, but like, you know, whatever, like, you know, go ahead and do it. And, and but, was okay with the fact that I would say I would use it. And, but, but even during that whole time. Or motor remotely interested in researching it but that entire time it wasn't even legal in canada right that True. wasn't until yeah. 2017 that's right so they even almost had a to 2018 2018 that's right yeah. yeah uh so then it was almost like they had to look at it negatively mm. well they still do but yeah 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 mm. so even even now after legalization there's none that are like there's no, See, there's I really no thought that that it. would, yeah, I really thought that that would open doors for more. See, this is the thing, like, this that. is the naivete, like, you go through these layers that you uh. molt, right? Like, where you think you know everything, and, uh, you know, there's lots of things I think I know, and then I realize I don't know that, and that peels off. But, like, yeah. at, at the time, that layer was, wait a minute, this thought I had turned out to be totally fake, okay? So this thought I had was, like, uh, it came to me at the beginning, like like, February... January, February 2014, where I'm starting to research this stuff, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm using the cannabis oil, and I'm feeling better, and my first oncologist, my first doctor is going, I don't believe this. When I got to that level of, of what I was finding mm-hmm. uh, and, and what might work, I was, I was thinking, fuck, this is going to be great. I mean, people know that I've been in this horrible place. I've got this cancer and everything else. When I turn this around, they're going to be so happy when I tell the truth. Wow, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> What a, what a, that was a naivete (laughs) omelet right there. That was so amazing. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. Nothing but but criticism and and, and whatever. But I did help a lot of people, and those people have been, you know, grateful. For sure. And, and, you know, I'm in these uh, Facebook groups now. 
uh, one of the best nights I had with it was on my birthday of 2017. I was on uh, Coast to Coast telling people all about it. Mm. And a 70-year-old guy, or I think he was 75 actually, he called in and said that he had done the same thing, but he had done it with hemp because he had mm -hmm. tried the cannabis, but no way. This guy wasn't anywhere near. He couldn't deal with it. Was you know to the psychoactive portion yeah it could, right. all that stuff was not going right, to help right. and so uh, it's too bad because that's part of the healing but he, this guy did it all with hemp and he says it took me way longer but it still worked like it wow. still cooked it all he was a hemp farmer and, he cooked and the it hemp all. would still be heavy cbd right yeah. like it's just yeah it's heavy cbd but it and and such a limited amount of thc though right. that you would barely right. even notice it because you do need that and I would say to the guy, just try to get anyway. But he he did his own thing. He yeah, just said, yeah. I just realized I, I I couldn't deal with it, and I, I just had to go. He just trusted that it would take place, that it would take longer. Okay, and, so, wow. so he was happy to tell me about that, and that was great. And he did that when he was seventy, so that's cool because <laughs> that means the body is still doing things. That, you know, even yeah. when you think it's all shot. It's, so let me ask you this then: itself. Have yeah. you noticed? Have you noticed? Like, I'm sure it's an obvious question, but did you notice an increase? in how you're able to uh, transmute medical information? Like, did you notice that now there's a much yeah. bigger mm. uh, restriction getting that information out? Like, even on other things, have you noticed, like, a stranglehold on... Like, you know the way they're censoring everything now with these fucking yeah. banners and COVID and all that? Right. Did you notice any of that in terms of the, the medicinal portion to weed? Yeah, yeah, that was rolling on all the time, yeah. Like they were always kind of censoring that yeah. and trying to hide it. And I mean, when you're down to it, if you look at what is legal, okay, mm -hmm. so what was the way things were previously under Harper, all that, and before that? Right. If you look at that as a paradigm unto itself, mm -hmm. then you go from there to the transition process where Trudeau says they're going to legalize it or whatever, and that hasn't been yet. Mm -hmm. So you got this little phase where they're still arresting people even though they're, you know... Still and the fucking same their time lives, have, even yeah. though they know they're not going to. And they have yeah. 20 pot shops open down so, the street. Yeah, Scumbag, yeah. rapacious bastards who know fully well this thing's not going to be any kind. But let's fuck his life anyway. Mm. And he wouldn't do that. But then there was that period. And then there was the new period from, you know, from October, what was it? Tw October 18, 2018. Mm -hmm. Of um, this is the new system now. Well, when, once that came in, uh, you know, people were unaware of the fact and i was i was aware of the fact but i was upset about the fact that that doesn't count for what i do like what i do is illegal still right right yeah because we fucked up too just on the wording we were never supposed to legalize it we were supposed to decriminalize decriminalize it, it yeah and that's where we fucked up i was singing that song every yeah. week and i hated hey, we should legalize it. i saw bumper stickers oh. i saw license plates well uh, i bought into it too man i thought that was right it. and you go yeah legal make it legal and then yeah. i didn't Put it together where you go. No, that's way worse. It's, it's called. Just want it's like saying entangle the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what you're saying. When you, Make it so complicated to understand that we'll all hate it. Yeah, okay, we'll do that. Mm. It's free now. Like you know, it's easy now. So so yeah. So it should have just been uh, decriminalized. Mm -hmm. uh, that's it. Mm. But the legalization of it. So it's been a problem. And I, I, I technically speaking, uh, not that I would have any issue with it. I have no problem talking about it. I'm saying it now. But what I do is I concentrate it to a level that's beyond what they say is legal. But guess what? I didn't have to fill out any forms in the ante yeah. room of hell. <laughs> like I, I really almost regret the entire journey that if I just released and let go, I could have avoided the entire trudeau covid bullshit fucking festival and just died when they said i was supposed to <laughs> at the beginning of 2015 
right you know before he got in we need you i've been so sad thanks (laughs) but i've been i was sad at the beginning because my friends i say that in a pre-covid way we're always, oh, Harper's an asshole. We got to get rid of this guy, which I totally agreed with. You know, I, I was not in love with Harper. I criticized the shit out of that guy. But I didn't see the alternative being, now we go red because it never works. Right, right. And we have to get down to, we got to do something. And then people go, yeah, well, we'll do that later. And then they talk about electoral form after the election. And then, you know, there's never right. any kind of. So when, when uh, Trudeau got in which was no surprise to anybody because, you know, 12 or so years of Harper, you just hated the guy. Harper would have got in if we'd had 12 years of Trudeau, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So here, here's, here's Trudeau gets in after, after 12 years, and, and people were watching it so much because, like, fuck Harper, and, you know, like, you know, he's got that uh, fixer guy, what's his name, Linwood something or other, the guy that's fixed a bunch of elections for this conservative Lin. My other friend Danny knows his name. What's this guy's name? Anyway, so so <laughs> we all were concerned. Everybody was like, oh, no, can you imagine if Harper went? It's like, but that's not the issue, man. This isn't going to work just revolving it. And sure enough, right. look at this fucking mess we're in. Right. Well, I think this is way worse now than anything Harper brought to us in the times that we were living here. I agree. But, it really seems... It's terrible. Yeah. But the thing is, is that the thing that where I knew it was going to be terrible and that we were going into a bad time was when was when, because so many people were paying attention to the politics, get rid of this guy, let's bring in this new... And then Trudeau said, oh, yeah, it's 2015, so of course half my cabinet's going to be women, you know what I mean? It's only fair to... And all this hype bullshit. Yeah. And and I thought, it's the best people you can get, not the gender or the... Whatever. Oh, here we go. I was on yeah. the long, wrong end of that stick. But here he is, 2015, saying all these things that people loved. Yeah, he's doing all the buzzwords. And then he gets sworn in, and which people watched. And I was so disappointed to see tons of people on Facebook going, what's this bullshit with the queen? Swearing to the queen? How come he doesn't swear to us instead of the queen? They were kind of mad at Trudeau Mm -hmm. because he was swearing to the queen instead of to Canadians. And Canadians are going through that Harper hell. They just wanted a nice guy that was going to help us out, right? Right. Mm And they were all surprised. So I'm just sitting there going, oh, I see. Most of the country doesn't know how this works. It's always worked that way. They all swear to the queen. Yeah. Yes. That's that's the gig. Here's what people think about politics. People think they live in an area and they need shit. So they send you to Ottawa to tell the prime minister (laughs) and whatever what's going to be needed and what we're going to do. They don't understand what's going on. It's the exact opposite. The dude is representative of the Queen of England, who is representative of the crown, which is not the same thing. And the crown is making all the orders, and they have people in Ottawa come back to your jurisdiction here and tell you how it's going to go. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not this other thing. Yeah. You know, it's not this other way around. It's a complete mm-hmm. flip on, mm-hmm. on the general perception. Yes. So when I saw people going, what's he fucking swear to the queen for? Oh, shit. Yeah, he's this guy's the got the keys to the yeah. store. Everybody doesn't even know what he's doing. Mm. <gasps> Fuck. Anyway, yeah. so here we are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much different it would have went even if it wasn't him. Like, cause Not what, a ton. Would, yeah. No. Not a ton um, because they all do it. I mean, like every conservative, every Democrat, because it's all about the international health regulations of 2005 that everybody uh-huh. kind of acknowledged. So that would have been... Uh, uh, 
Paul Harper, uh, or sorry, uh, is that his name? No, Stephen Harper. Stephen, no, 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 no. Paul Martin of the uh, Liberals, Martin, who was yes. the Prime Minister, and his people at the time would have said okay to these plans, these medical plans of 2004. Um, but if it was Jagmeet Singh somehow upset Justin Trudeau in 2015, and the NDPs came in, they'd be doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that matter. over this year too, man. I noticed. There were way too many politicians getting involved on weird levels, like they were doing the social media thing, and they were yeah. doing uh, social media was pushing certain uh, politicians to like even smaller accounts within the city. Yeah, and uh, I've never seen anything like that before. I guess because we're also at new levels of of just tech in general, which lets this stuff happen. But uh, it's very alarming to see, to see the way that they're kind of working in cahoots, but making... It seems like it's wrestling. Yeah. It, it feels like you're watching wrestling, where you go, Why this guy's is it talking like, bad. What is the key thing about wrestling? The the that What game. do you mean the key thing? The drama? Yeah. Like, because the wrestling, you go, you look at the politicians, and they talk bad against each other, like you have a heel there, and he's going, man, fuck this guy, he doesn't know anything. Right. And then you go, you can look into it, and you go, it checks out, but people... Don't do anything about it. You just continue to watch the show. Right. You know, there's nothing that changes. There's nothing. And then it's almost like we're getting to that realization where you go, because I remember being a kid telling all like my friends that watch wrestling, you go, you know, this shit's fake. And there was that long period of time where people were like, no, it's not fake. And then even when they got to the realization of it being fake, they're like, okay, well, at when least was it's that? good inter- entertainment. When, when, did, when did they get to the realization that it was fake? Probably like... At least for me, my perspective yeah. probably seemed like the early 2000s. Okay. That's early about, 2000s. That, that, that sits about right with me. I was amazed at that time that people didn't already know this. That, that what? That, that, that was, wrestling that, was that fake? That it was even an argument at all, yeah. Well, but that, see, I'm talking like being a kid. Going like, I know. You're, you're in elementary school. This is what sure. I was always cartoon-based. Yeah. You know, that's where I got my ideas from. Right. But people would show up with their ideas from wrestling. And you go, yeah. like, I can't watch that. It, it was never my thing. It was, you know... Half-naked dudes weren't really something I was into, so I would rather just right. watch cartoons. But right. people were so certain, no, this is real, the way they do this, the way they flip a guy, the wow. way they, you know, this is how it happens. And then once you got to, I guess, once you became a teenager, mm-hmm. late teens, you're driving around, there were less and less people that were, you know... Uh, Fooled by it. Yes. But they still like to go but see it. But you still it. watch it. But here's the thing, like, I noticed that... Uh, the reason I thought it was fake is because, you know... If you'd seen any other kind of fight, wrestling, wrestling. If you'd seen anything else, it's like I noticed that you know. Say I went to pick you up and throw you down on the ground, and then they also slam the ground with their own foot, like the guy throwing the other guy is hitting the floor and making it shake. And there's this vibratory platform (laughs) they're on that's like a drum, so it sounds louder than it is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like. Well, it's okay, I guess. It's something to watch kind of thing, but it's, it's very not theatrical. Really, it's very theatrical. Theatrical, yeah. yeah. But what is the thing about theatrics is it is scripted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that means there's a story to tell. And that brings us right around to my current focus of awareness right now in, in, um, in what all of this stuff is. So if you're going to sit here and tell me that you believe that wrestling is scripted, I would have to say, who's doing that? Who's scripting it? Mm-hmm. Somebody. Mm-hmm. Teams of writers? Like, how would that happen? Networks, I would mm-hmm. imagine. Okay. I would imagine networks, because then you get to control what gets said, right? 
You get to get those final uh, inputs on on what is allowed to be said. What yeah. you're able to. Yeah. People with the money yeah. in. But see, did you see right. any of that? Yeah. Did you see any of that stuff? Did you get a chance to see behind that curtain when you were with uh, with Air Force? Yeah. Because did you get like? Were you involved? Like, were, not involved, but were you able <laughs> to get? Into like uh, the the political scene, did they let you do any sketches like that? Oh shit? sure, oh it was. That's why they brought me in. Mm-hmm. They brought me in because they were. Uh, well, there's actually two stories about why they brought me in. <laughs> the second one being completely tied to this other thing, but the the reason they brought me in ostensibly was that it was an aging writing staff that had already written a lot of these shows and so they sent out a team of a few people from their production to go around the city where I lived in Toronto at the time to see if anybody is doing political material Mm -hmm. I was then they brought me in for an audition uh, in October of 2003 and I mean, I got an audition call from my agent to go on Air Force. I mean, I was like, what? Like, what would I do, you know, to be on it even? Like, not even as a writer. And I was like, what would I do? And I watched a couple episodes of it. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what I, I don't know what I could bring this thing. And so I went in and auditioned. And, and that was in, a, 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 you know, like I said, October. Up on the tenth floor, the what they call the ten and a half floor of CBC, and and then uh, I left there. You know, it went well. I didn't. It's it was strange. I was in a big room with horseshoe tables and big ceilings. And okay, do ten minutes of your act. You know, I was like, what? Okay, <laughs> so I did that, and they were brought all my political. And then and then I left the building, and then and then you know, November and Christmas rolled around. And I realized how stupid it was to think that I would even be on that show at all. Of course, I didn't get called back, but I did. I get called back in March mm-hmm. to be on the season finale. And then we created a reason for me to be on the show, which is something I wrote, and they were all great about it. And it was a premise. And then just before we went and shot it, the director came in and said, yeah, we're not going to do all that stuff. We're just we're just shoot the jokes right away. That's it. So they <laughs> threw away the whole premise. Mm-hmm. The premise was called Not the Official Story, and it was that I was a writer at CBC who writes the news for Peter Mansbridge. And I'm in, I write a lot of the stories that Peter Mansbridge reads on The National. Uh-huh. And then every once in a while, of course, there's a story that I know Peter Mansbridge isn't going to read. And it, it, it seems like it's a little bit weird. And so I put that over here. And I create this pile every week. And so on Air Force, I'll read those. So it was like a, a construct that I was working in the newsroom at CBC kind right, of thing. Right, right, And that I was going to, and I had these stories. Like the rejected stories. Right, <laughs> right. right. And then like it's late at night on a Friday, so here we go with some of the crazier stories that you're not going to see. So, so then they cut all that out, and we don't need all that stuff. And I was like, that's a premise. I'll go from this, I'm going to use more ideas and stuff later. Eh, just get rid of all that. So it was just like, now I'm just a guy sitting at a desk telling jokes. Right. I'm at some fake office <laughs> for some weird reason that no one knows why, in a perfectly clean shirt, my hair all puffed out the way I don't wear it, you know, with blow dryer and hairspray and stuff, sitting there with this bubble head telling jokes with no premise as to who I am and why I'm there. That's what they wanted to do. Okay. And then so uh, after that year of doing that every week, then they decided that uh, that was the first year, and then they decided that they didn't want to do that again the second year. They didn't like having a regular go-to segment every week, and so would I also be in sketches and 
and portray people and, and stuff. And I, it took me a couple of weeks to answer that question because I wasn't confident about doing it and I didn't think I should be doing it. Hmm. And I didn't think I'd be good at doing it. Did but you even want to do it really? Or not it really. The not really. Yeah. And then it's, and, you know, and, and I blame it for my own, any kind of predicament I'm in now financially because of the, you know, it was a horror. Like I took a gig that paid well right now instead of uh, developing my stand-up, which was on a trajectory that um, when I think about it and doing that instead of doing what I did in TV, it bothers me sometimes. Why? Because you focus too much on the television thing? And because it stopped me from being as good as I know that I can be and was headed to be in the first place as mm -hmm. a stand-up. There's very few guys out there doing what I did, and I lived it. I, I, I mean, the passion of it. And I'm not going to put myself in the same camp of quality or output because I can't of Bill Hicks or George Carlin but I'm way more up that street than mm -hmm. you know Cat Williams or something right yeah I saw your act outs you are very Cat Williams or or uh, you know lots of people and there's nothing wrong with that I'm just no, saying I'm in mean, that man. I'm in yeah. that genre I'm over yeah. there I'm not everybody's cup of tea you don't always hear yeah. what I want to talk about I'm not I'm not here to be the star of the show and the main guy all week but uh uh, but I brought my own thing to it, and um, you know I, I'm still okay with with wh what all that was. I, I'm still fine with it. And uh, interesting things, though, like I learned interesting things working at CBC. I learned how to do television shows. I learned how to, uh, you know, <clears throat> working with all the people was great. The set builders, the costume designers, the lighting folks, the painters, the all that stuff was great. You know, you're working with 150 people to make a show, but ultimately it came down to. You know, you're you're on camera doing a sketch that you're not really right, too fond of. Yeah, and it's so, not even you writing the sketch; it's just you yeah, acting out someone else's exactly. ideas. Yeah. And when you did write your own sketches, it was really hard to get them on. But they wanted me to do that, and I, you know, every sketch was really hard to get. Did through. Did you have a lot of your sketches that made it through? Yeah, or, yeah. I, I had about um, maybe a dozen or so. Okay. That that were completely. Untouched, they they just well no they it? they touched everything at some point but <laughs> like there was a lot there was a okay so in two thousand and six I did this one called what's in the flu shot mm. uh, so that's <laughs> on point so <laughs> that's there they are huh? in the CBC upstairs giving away free shots to everybody you know the free yeah. flu shot thing and I was just like oh not this again so I I wrote a sketch about how you know, like my whole premise was look it doesn't work. It's not going to help you, and but you can't bring that attitude to it. So my attitude was, look, that year they were concerned there wouldn't be enough. Uh, so my, my whole take was, here's how to make your own. I mean, you don't want to be caught right. without the vaccine. <laughs> shit, so. And so I made some, you know, with a live virus. I got a guy coming in with a dressing gown and he's sneezing and whatever i got him to f put a live virus in the blender for me and then added a bunch of stuff and snapped open a thermometer and i go uh, and you know that stuff that your mom used to freak out about if you played with it because it never leaves your body that goes right in there and i snapped a, a thermometer and had the for the mercury but even so like even so like because it was tv right what they had to do was when when they finally are on board with all this they had to make a fake thermometer instead of having real mercury with a little silver piece of steel in it so when i slapped it it slid out like you know what i mean the whole thing's face so funny but basically just making your own and then putting it in a blender and including eggs and chicken eggs and all that stuff and it was like hey hey blood's vaccine for the whole family right and then of course so and that was my angle you was should to almost use bring it. that back well i was looking for it, so 
So guess what? A few years later, Jim Carrey likes this thing, apparently, uh -huh. and he wanted to reshoot it because him and his gal at the time wanted to do green vaccines or whatever the fuck that is. And he was going to reshoot it. So then his manager was looking for me and all this stuff, and I missed a party. Man, that would that would be really... Whatever. If you did that, man, with, with... Like, if you updated it, where you're throwing yeah. in, like, a, you know, baby fetuses and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, and you blend be good it all up. That'd be funny, man. <laughs> now, this is the COVID vaccine. And yeah. you got to set it up like you're so against yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, for it. You no, just you set, set it up, up like, like you're you set it up like you're against it, like like you're coming from that place, only to be like the guy who's gonna make sure he's got his own. You know what I mean? Like you want him, mm, to, yeah. you want him to think while they're watching it. Oh, he's yeah. gonna shit all over. No, he's just making his own, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> right. like that's where you want to go with it ultimately. But um, mm -hmm. uh, the thing about that, so that was hard. That was why I brought that up because it was 2006, pre YouTube and all that stuff, big time. And it, it was 2006. It was super hard. There were a million script changes. I had to tangle with the lawyers. They were always never laughing and always against it. It was this big. It was like pushing a boulder up a hill. And I'm going, why am I doing that? It was like, well, I don't know if we can do this thing. Well, well, that's the point of the sketch. You know, that kind of shit, right? All week long. And then finally it gets done. Crowd loves it. Goes over well. Nice piece. And they'll say anything about it next week. You don't get any credence that like, mm -hmm. oh, you... You got all that shit done. Oh, okay. Mm. Next time you bring it, well, no, we can't do that because this. We can't. Constantly, again, with the same yeah, you're blocks, right? Guess what happened to that sketch? So I come in next week, and the woman who was working at the front, and remember, this is 2006, six, seven, six. She says, uh, been getting a lot of phone calls <laughs> from the people. They want to get a copy of that sketch. So uh -huh. what they had to do was, apparently... This is viral. This is uh, explaining viral before computers. Right, really. right, right. The original viral. So I do this sketch. It airs. Of course, one of the affiliates is, is in Windsor, which is across the river from Detroit, where some chiropractor thought it was fucking brilliant, <laughs> so wanted to get a hold of the original, so contacted Toronto to get a DVD or a CD of that sketch so they could make right. copies, so they could give it to people to show them how stupid the fucking flu vaccine was. <laughs> mm -hmm. And this thing started to circle around. And um, in, in, in the alternative, holistic, uh, whatever sort of yeah, community, yeah. Of, before people were That's downloading cool. videos and stuff, you know, it was like, right. hey, check this out. Oh, I've got this DVD here. Put it in <laughs> here. Put it in your Asus and take a look at this thing. <laughs> this is a funny. So that was neat. Like, it was like, yeah, that, 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 there was a, a visceral uh, payback on that one for me where I realized, like, no, I really did put a lot of hard, uh, I never relented on my, message of the sketch uh -huh. um, and just a lot of fights along the way not big fights but you know just the control creative thing right, along right. the way and it finally gets out the way pretty much the, as best as I thought I could get it out in that format yeah. and then it was getting really nice positive yeah, it you know, seems feedback. like you, you really put something out that was yeah. actually truthful. That so actually yeah. had yeah. been a conspiracy theorist yeah. for a long time. Exactly. <laughs> so it it, it 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 turned into oh that was really worthwhile kind of thing. But then it, it was always a fight to bring stuff just to try to, to make them. that happen. And, yeah, again. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was always difficult. <laughs> and so uh, you know whatever. And I was always the the edgier one or whatever. Like that's funny know, to be didn't. edgy. You don't even because you're not dirty. No, but, but I was you're trying just to edgy because you say things that we're not supposed to say. <laughs> right. And it's not even curse words. Or, or you just top, talk exactly. about topics that are just mm. forbidden topics. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the reason well. they're forbidden is <laughs> it's is, always been like that. Yeah, so, I guess. Uh, so for me, anyway. So so then so just to say like. 
to bring us to this COVID thing. And then it feels like it's only the decent way to set all this up. It's like all that stuff that happened. So I'm in Jamaica. So I did all of this oil, right? This 400 grams. And then I got arrested, which means uh, I was in the hospital for three weeks, got out for five days, went back in for three weeks. Now it's the end of May. Now I get arrested by the police and like go to jail by the police. Jail. For threatening to kill someone. Okay. Which wasn't the case. It's okay. not what I said. And I was actually trying to escape and leave this person while while she came running down the street, waving her arms, going, this guy tried to kill me. And then some <laughs> interloper at the corner said, hey, why are you trying to do that? And then the next thing you know, the police are there, uh, and you all were of like a sudden the, I'm in cuffs. You're like the original uh, Me Too also. Yeah, kind of thing. Original viral video, original Me Too guy. Uh, well, not original because it was 2019, <laughs> but... Oh, there you go. You were just... Uh, it was like, what? And this guy comes to the corner. He comes to the corner. He's going, hey, what's going on here? And I go, and I'm just having this argument with this woman I'm just saying, who's fucked my life up. And I just said, to, I just turned to this guy and I said, buddy, you don't even know what you're talking about right now. Like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, and I said, do you know what the word misandry means? And he goes... No. And I go, well, then you don't have any fucking business standing here. Get out of here. Anyway, he was the one that called the cops and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I get arrested. Now I'm in jail. So how long did you have to go this in This isn't go. Just one day. Okay. And then uh, in the next morning, I got out, and it was the 25th of um, June. Or sorry, May. 25th of May. So I was arrested on the 20th. I was out of the hospital on the 23rd, arrested on the 24th, out of jail on the 25th. <laughs> down to city hall in toronto stuck in the city now i am i've been arrested now i have a bail officer that i'm gonna have to go see on the, the following monday and so i live in owen sound it's two and a half hours from toronto i don't have a car guess what i'm homeless i can't live in owen sound where my place is and i have to be in toronto so that i can so that i can just obtain your parole officer yeah because every single night i had to wow. come in with a ticket from the place i slept at last night which was had to be a designated city of toronto official uh residence authority something something like a fucking rooming house or whatever so you got to collect these tickets and i gotta get seven of those and then go see my uh parole officer and then she knows i was in a good place and so i was like stuck forced to be homeless there's a way uh, you can be forced to be and i kept they, they were always write that on the form you know homeless whatever and i go fuck it i'm not homeless i live in owen but what is, Ontario. Okay, so what does that mean when they say you're homeless that's because you're going to those uh boarding houses uh, well because i wasn't allowed night. to come here and i didn't have a means to come here so you just like, had to stay in toronto and yeah then, but when they put you up you're not even homeless though you have a place to go right no well the, you're still in a shelter i mean you're in a homeless shelter i got you okay so they still you're, consider yeah. you you can't get mail at that address right i got mm. you yeah okay yeah, so you're. So no wonder you don't trust the system. So yeah, there's a, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. and we can go right on back to my mother, who was pregnant with me in 1962, and being pressured overtly to take thalidomide. Mm -hmm. Thalidomide is a drug that was available. It's a new drug. It's amazing. You should take it. Oh, you have questions about it? Oh, you think there's something wrong with it? It must be a conspiracy theorist. So there was this new drug called thalidomide, and it turned out that it was designed for the purpose of making uh, morning sickness and some other related things about pregnancy that are discomforting to the woman. Mm -hmm. Less so or not at all. So okay. that sounds great. I'm going to make things easier. Yeah. Not a painkiller so much, but, but um, this uh, amino acid of some nature. And um, 
She said no. And then other countries started to realize, oh, fuck, this shit's terrible, what it's doing. Mm. And they canceled it. But they were still pushing it in Canada in 1962 when other countries had already canceled it. Was Was that the ingredient that after they found out in Canada, they sent it to Brazil? Probably. Um, Did you hear about? Yeah, there was sure. Something, I can't remember which one it was, but there was something where Canada let it slide for a really long time. Yeah. And then when even Canada got called out on it, they just shipped it over to South America. So here's Get a birth wo- defects. Oh, yeah. oh, here's a woman the same age as me. Look at her little hands. Yeah. Now what happened was this stuff was starting to uh, cause stumps. Like mm-hmm. that's a you know that could be my picture from when I was a kid. Yeah. You know? Same era. These kids, this all stopped in 62, 63. But look at the gear you got to wear. Fucking shit. So how long long did they run it for? Like it was only a few years. Three or four years. And they caught on quick to how fast it was fucking people up. Because it was having instant results. Yeah. Yeah. That was like DDT. (laughs) Exactly. The same type of shit. There was spraying because it was safe and it was good for you. Yeah. If you didn't use it, you were a bad person. You know, like a person that doesn't wear a mask now that's been drenched in ethylene oxide. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, and it's so funny how polio just dipped right after they stopped using all that stuff. That's true. Now, you see these terrible deformations. If you're only listening to this, I don't know how this is being presented, but if you're only listening, you just Google the word thalidomide, T-H-A-L-I-D-O-M-I-D-E, and you see these poor fucking people that have had this horrible drug that was affected their pregnancy. So I'm a little kid, you know, mm. and I was saw these folks on TV, and they freaked me out. You know, I saw some CBC documentary mm. or whatever it was. And I told my mother about it, and she says, "Oh, yeah, that's the litamine. Well, guess what? They were pushing that real hard for you, and like they, so they were leaning on my mom to take this thing and treating her like a dumb fucking little chick who wasn't smart enough to. What does yeah. she know? You know? Yeah, and she, yeah. and she kept, saying no, kept saying no, kept saying no, kept saying no. So that's medical thing number one. Medical thing number two is later in the '60s, uh, my mom was starting to get ill, and and she got tested and stuff, and and was found to be on her way to becoming diabetic. So when she brought that news, you know, when she came in with that news, like, I'm going to be diabetic, they said, yeah, basically, you just keep going on that same course, and then when you're diabetic, which you are not yet, (laughs) then we can give you insulin. But she decided, I'd rather not arrive at that destination, and without the internet, and by going to the library, and the Robarts Library, and the downtown Toronto libraries, and whatever, researched enough to find out about sugar, decided to cut that out, make some dietary changes. My my mother never got diabetes. Wow. And now, so as a little kid, I'm going, oh, so they've been pushing us thalidomide, and they're oh. going to tell you get a disease, can't do anything about it, but they're going to sell you a drug for it later, but they don't want you to go and figure out a way not to get that disease. Right. I'm not even 10 years old yet. <laughs> so, like, I'm hardwired for this shit. Right, right. I am hardwired for this shit because do you believe in, what do you believe in uh, regarding the atmosphere and your mother's pregnancy with you in vitro? Say that again. What do I believe yeah, in like the so, atmosphere? Okay, so let me give you two mothers. Mm-hmm. Let me give you two mothers. One of them is a mother who lives in a very loving, cool, pastoral sense, and they make their own milk and cheese, and they live over there and do honey, and they get in a kayak once in a while and have a loving life. The other one is completely freaked out, escaping war, uh, been treated horribly by you know terrible pedophiles and all kinds of other stuff and mm. it's just been fucked around ripped off smashed around and now this woman is pregnant with a baby and that other woman in the pastor so who's going to come out smoother you think that's not going to affect right. the baby right. while yeah. it's being gestated oh yeah yeah so yeah. so so i'm saying that because 1962 was the year of my pregnant my mother's pregnancy with me and this is all about 
um, Khrushchev and, and uh, Kennedy, and it's going to be World War Three, and they're going to mm. launch nuclear bombs, and this is terrible, and everyone's afraid. And my right. mom was definitely afraid, and she was. I was late by two weeks because holding it in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this is during the Cuban Missile Crisis, you know. So I was born later than I was pegged to be born, and uh, yeah, the whole thing is completely makes sense to me as I look back on markers along my life about you know to, to the quick answer of today why do you think such a conspiracy why do you think this stuff's true because uh, you know i was already sort of pointed in the direction of looking at all of these falsehoods in the first place before right. i was sitting i wasn't sitting down at 10 years old going oh there must be a scam going i just thought it was weird that they yeah. were pushing a drug that does this after those people had already made themselves evident right mm. as a kid yeah. I think the whole conspiracy, this is where it gets fucked up. I, conspiracy theorists, I think, only come from once you see that there's too God. much bullshit with a lot of things. That's it. Then you have to yeah. go, well, how am I supposed, I know how much bullshit there yeah. are in certain industries. Then it's not even, you're not a conspiracy theorist because you're like, oh, I like conspiracy. You're a conspiracy theorist because you've just, you've found out too much information where yeah. you go, yeah. it doesn't line up anymore. Right. You've had an experience yeah. that's, you know. So let's take this right back to this popping right into my head. I said this before. And with that knowledge, the immune system is the Mack truck that has to drive itself mm-hmm. through a lot of shit. It's got that pineal gland on the front. We completely cover ours with shit all the time, whether mm-hmm. it's in the food, whether it's in the water, whatever it is. Cannabis gets rid of that. Mm-hmm. So when you start to realize that the DNA that exists within your body that holds the genetic code and is part of everything about you and your history wires up into the pineal gland at the top of the head, which is basically a satellite dish sending that information out into the universe just as much as it takes it back in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds crazy. See, <laughs> yeah, well, go watch the rest. I used to I mm. used to go really nuts about this for the last few years and I was screaming about it on stage but nobody gave a fuck. Nobody cared. Nobody cares. Uh the water, man. The water bothered me so much when I started cuz I've always been uh keen on water and having good water. Yeah. Uh it bothered me when I started to see that uh, there were certain people, because everybody used to say tap water was great. But then yeah. once I started seeing that there were certain places within Ontario, like I think you guys are one of them. You guys have a, a drinking water protection zone? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. You guys are a part of it? There's so. a bunch of cities in Ontario that don't fluoridate their water. Is that right? Yeah. Huh. There's like Kitchener Waterloo is Kitchener, one of them. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, Kitchener Waterloo is one of them, and they're really big about it. And then there's a lot of ones where it seems like it's the water uh, drinking water protection zones. And what I, have I they think. realized from this, say, in Kitchener? What have they have they got any? Well, kind they of... realize that uh, your your teeth are still the same. You don't need additional dental work because you right. don't have fluoride in your <laughs> water now. Yeah. Um, but it just seems like well, they they got a lot more. Uh, what do they got? They got the uh, the Amish out there, or the the Dutch. Oh yeah. The uh, Hutterites or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, they seem a lot more connected. They seem a lot more connected, a lot more concerned about what they put in their body in general, the food they eat. Uh, you just kind of don't see I think that so. in a lot of places where they do fluoridate the water. Uh, Toronto, the GTA, uh, things like that. This all calcifies uh, your pineal gland. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. And so, so that's what people said. And then when you started seeing that and you go, well, why does one town do this to the water and one town doesn't and nobody has an answer for you 
Yeah. Nobody can can try to reason with you to go like, well, you know, I'm sure it's nothing. It's, yeah. You really have to start like asking bigger questions. Well, I saw Trudeau at a, at a uh, news presser uh, on his way to becoming prime minister so mm-hmm. years ago. And someone asked him about that. Someone asked him about waters. You know, like one of those times where he was more accessible and he was at some <laughs> event and there was a lot of people asking questions kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, he says, well, I've heard some conspiracy theories about the fluoride thing, but I, I don't have any problem with it. I'll need just br- brush it off in a couple mm-hmm. seconds. It was a small. <laughs> and to me, I was like, oh, OK, interesting. He wouldn't even listen to what the guy had to say about it. Mm. already knows the answer and he's wrong which is okay so that was a flag for me right there that was probably in the middle of 2015 when and he you said saw that. him say that and i saw him like say it saw him, yeah, yeah well i did from I the there, horse's mouth it was it was on a clip you know and it right. wasn't the focus of the whole piece on the news that it was too it, it was just like a side bit at the end you know like where a guy says what about florida like people were asking all these questions what about florida in the water and he just kind of dissed it as a, a conspiracy query to be concerned about that mm. whereas <laughs> it's a poison in the water that rots your teeth. But anyway, yeah, it's, uh, it's. I don't know. That that seems like one of the first makes people steps. docile too. Yeah, and that's why yeah. the Germans uh, used it and the Nazis used it. Look, yeah, you know, it, it all makes sense when you start looking at it. It all makes sense. <laughs> it all makes sense when you understand that Nazis didn't lose the war; the Germans lost the war. Right. Uh, the Nazis just packed up their shit, went down to South America, rejigged, infiltrated America, 1947, changed the OSS to the CIA, packed it with a bunch of their people, <laughs> and uh, changed the game from there on out. Uh huh. That's, That's right. a really good way to put it. That's yeah. a really good way to put it. It's not my way. It's a. Uh, it's uh, there's there's been a lot of researchers writing about it and stuff, but it's all true. Like if you look at um, what's his name, Werner von Braun or something, he's the rocket scientist mm. that was right found guilty at Nuremberg. Should have been found in a, swinging at the end of a rope. Instead, he's building uh, rocketry in the yeah. United States of America. Yeah, it's like and now what? we got the new guy. Uh, everything about uh, the the Schwabs. Klaus Schwabs. Yeah, I know, it's everything amazing. about him just seems he seems like he should just have a SS uniform on. Well, I don't Every know how much time more time talks. you got because I have to tell you that um, I, I I wanted to mention that as soon as you got into wrestling and uh, scripted, like we a, got an hour, we're at an hour and a half, but we can okay. keep going, man. Okay. We don't have. Well, this is great because I wanted to mention this when you talked about wrestling yeah. and scripted. 